Yo, 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 what's up? Now, nah, what's up, everybody? Um, It's your boy, State of the State of New York, Knicks, uh, Pod, uh, proud team member of Knicks Spaces. Appreciate my Knicks Space brothers and sisters. And a proud member of Negative Knicks Twitter. Um, one of the forefathers, one of the goats, one of the... Lead, one of the leaders in being objective. Um, today, it was a special pod for me. Uh, the reason why is because I wanted to talk about... I wanted to talk about the Dallas Mavericks, Jalen Brunson, and the similarities I'm seeing with certain things that's going on. And first, I'm actually at work as well, so I'm about to, like, really get into work. I'm about to do a lot of things at work. So before I get into a lot of those things at work, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban is a great um, owner, and I believe he's a great owner. He's a championship-winning owner. Um, But back in 2004, you know, Mark Cuban had the choice of keeping Steve Nash or allowing him to walk. This was when I was 14 years old. And when he allowed Steve Nash to walk, I believe Steve Nash was dealing with um, injuries. Um, his menace was declining. And the team doctor basically said he may have some issues. The coach at the time was Don Nelson. I always thought Don Nelson was a good coach. Um, I never had no problems with Don Nelson, the way he coached, or the way he coached the offense. And I think Don Nelson was a good guy. Um, and they talked about how, you know, they offered uh, Mike Bibby. Um, it's, well, basically, Mike Bibby had got a big contract, and the Mavericks did not want to offer, you know, Steve Nash the amount of money that he wanted. So Steve Nash obviously left, and he went to – the Phoenix Suns, where he became a two-time MVP. And I think Mark Cuban still uh, regrets that decision to this day. And it's funny because when Steve Nash left the Mavericks, he played for them for six years, and he averaged 14.6 points per game and 7.2 assists and four in eight games, right? Um, wasn't all-star-like numbers. It wasn't MVP-like numbers. But he was playing great, in my opinion, in that time. So once Steve Nash had left the Mavericks, um, you know, shit went down from there. Uh, But shit went up for Steve Nash. And Steve Nash basically became a two-time MVP with the Suns, right? Uh, Led that team to multiple 50-win seasons. Uh, Was supposed to get to the NBA Finals, I believe, in 2007, but in in the 2007 playoffs, if y'all remember, the Phoenix Suns had a fight versus the Spurs, I believe in game two or game three. And in that fight, the Phoenix Suns players was actually um, suspended and they actually lost that playoff series. So, you know, Nash played six seasons with the Mavericks from 1994 to 2000, um, 1998 to 2004. Um, he was selected 15th overall by the Suns in the 1996 NBA draft, which is funny. Uh, and, that, and on June 24th, 1998, Mark Cuban traded Pat Garrity, Martin Morissette, Bubba Wells, and a 1999 first-round pick 
to the Suns for Nash. Based on the package, the Suns owner and GM Brian Canangelo got robbed. Brian Canangelo been fucking awful for decades. In 2001-2002, Nash averaged a then-career-high 17.9 points per game. Then in his last season with the Mavericks, the guard averaged a career-best 8.8 assists per game. Uh, easily one of the worst mistakes Cuban has ever made. Um, also, let's talk about Nash when he was on the Suns. Nash won he won two MVPs with the Suns. Plus, he was three All NBA first team selections and two All NBA second team selection honors. While with the Suns, Nash also led the league in assists five times. In 2021, the the guard was named to the NBA 75th anniversary team, and the Suns inducted him into the franchise Ring of Honor. Um, stuff like this don't go unnoticed for me as far as allowing guys to walk. Mark Cuban had a chance to re-sign Jalen Brunson, right? And that chance to re-sign Jalen Brunson was basically last year when he was supposed to give Jalen Brunson a four-year, $55 million deal, um, which is an underpay, by the way, and highway robbery, in my opinion, by the way. Uh by the Dallas Mavericks in which they did not offer him that deal. Cuban was being cheap, basically. So let me get this straight. You let Brunson walk, right? After you let Brunson walk, you paid the white pow? <laughs> what kind of GM can you be? Uh, Steve Nash was went on to be a two-time MVP, right? You should have learned from your mistakes the first time. This is why I'm kind of happy that the Knicks did not make the Donovan Mitchell trade, right? Because when you make – fool me once, don't fool me twice. And I was one of those people who actually wanted Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks. I had no problem with trading um, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and, and certain players. I had no problem doing that. You mean you quickly kind of had a problem um, trading him for, for Donovan Mitchell? But I probably would have traded him, too, if I was in the corner. I just wasn't trading R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. But at the end of the day, God got a plan for everybody, and we did not trade for Donovan Mitchell. And right now, we have a combination of young players uh, who are good, actually, and we have a journeyman vet who I call, you know, Josh Hart is a journeyman vet. He's been on four teams before he got to the Knicks. But at the end of the day, I would like Josh Hart to stay here for the long run. I, I like, I love him as a player. He doesn't ball hog. He doesn't do too much. Uh, he, he, he plays within himself. He never plays outside of himself. And Josh Hart is just, you know, he seems like a cool guy to be around. Don't get me wrong. I'm not paying him before I pay Emmanuel quickly. But you need guys like Josh Hart. You know, you need those type of guys. With that said, going back to Mark Cuban, now Mark Cuban as an owner is facing a huge decision coming soon. Huge. Because you just allowed Brunson to walk for free. Like, we, we basically got Brunson for free. You had a lot of Nick fans coming on this app, and I got a lot of bookmark tweets saved. I just don't feel like exposing nobody right now. But a lot of you dudes who's cheering on Brunson, a lot of y'all didn't want Brunson. A lot of y'all wanted Deontay Murray. That is a fact. 
a lot of Knicks fans complained about the Knicks not trading first-round picks for Deontay Murphy. That is a fact. I have bookmark tweets to prove it. So if I wanted to expose somebody, I can. But I'm going to be cool about it. Because the people I can expose, two of them is your favorite non-content creators who did not want Brunson. That is a fact. Who called his contract an overpay. That is a fact. You know? So, you know, we get Brunson. And you have people like me who's questioning Brunson getting a hundred million. How you gonna pay this guy a hundred million? How you gonna how you gonna give him all this fucking money? This that, and the third. The man is six foot one, averaging twenty four and six, shooting damn near fifty percent from the field. What the hell am I watching here? And it makes me think about when Steve Nash was allowed to walk from the Mavericks. It is the same scenario. The same exact scenario. Don't get me wrong. Steve Nash, he, listen, Steve Nash, was a be- he's a better shooter than Brunson. He's a better playmaker than Brunson. Outside of that, I think Brunson is the more complete player than Steve Nash. More complete player. I don't think Brunson is the better player. You can be a more complete basketball player than somebody, but I don't think he's better than Steve Nash. With that said, when Steve Nash signed with the Suns, he was 30 years old. When Jalen Brunson signed with the Knicks, he was 25 going on 26 years old. So it's more to Brunson than what meets the eye. That's why, after a while, I started saying, hey, Jalen Brunson might be underpaid. Uh, when you look at the statistics and when you look at history, I always go by history. So when I ask certain people questions, when I ask recap a question like, yo, when was the last time a six foot one guard was the best player on a championship team? You can easily rebuttal me and say, well, Tony Parker, he was six two. Well, I can rebuttal back and say, well, Tony Parker played with the fucking four Hall of Fame. So he needed a lot of help to get there. And he needed a defensive monster in, in, in Tim Duncan. You know, and he had a great coach in Greg Popovich. So it's a lot of factors that go into these things. But Brunson cannot be Brunson without the supporting cast and without the locker room having the belief that Brunson can help change things, which he has. I always believe that culture changing starts with the players. It does not start with the coach. It does not start with management. It does not start with none of those guys. The coach has a he has a say in the culture. You know, the coach sometimes, um, a lot of times, well, 100% of the time, your players mirror the coach, right? So, but your players have to buy in. What takes buying in? It takes changing the culture. So what changed? What changed for me was the Brunson pickup. Shout out to Julius Randle. I appreciate what he's done. I appreciate, you know, he wanted to be a Nick. I actually watched one of his old videos when we first signed Julius Randle. And, you know, he talked about, well, you know, nobody wanted to take on the pressure. And the reason why I signed to New York was because I wanted to take on the pressure. Shout out to Randle. No. Good-ass free agent. Probably a top-five free agent pickup in Knicks history. Arguably. Because he damn sure is better than Allen Houston. 
because Randall can at least play play on. He can at least play basketball for seventy plus games. Availability is a skill. I don't know how much money this man puts in his body, but what's what's up, brother? You got good news for me? No, he said it might be your Friday. Friday? Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I apologize for that. Um, right. Nah, nah. You go, OG. So I'm basically about to start a surgical tech program. Um, start a surgical tech course, actually, and I just put in my application today. So I don't know when I'm going to be doing the entry exam, uh, a new journey for me. So he just confirmed to me that the director of the program will be in either Friday or, or, or Monday. So I'm happy about that, too. You know, always got to have a new journey within you. Can't be complacent. Can't stay complacent. Always want to grow. Always want to uh, make yourself better for your, for for yourself and for the people around you. People like um, people like being around people who wants to motivate themselves to be better. And getting back to Brunson, I think he's the guy who specifically changed the Knicks culture easily. Uh, once again, shout out to Julius Randle. Randle did not change the Knicks culture at all because Randle's not a culture changer. Randle is not that type of leader. It's different kind of leaders. It's different kind of leadership styles. It's different kind of leadership talks right and even after randall got the almighty fourth seed i still didn't see a culture change because he's not that guy and when i say he's not that guy he's just not that guy you follow behind emotionally he's not the guy you depend on in pressure moments he's just not that guy so i'm gonna need people like ralph right to understand that randall's just not that he's not a closer he's not one of the no Randall's a damn good basketball player that I'm not interested in looking at him leading anything, to be honest with you. If he led the fucking train, the train is going to go off the rails and go right into the river. We might need Spider-Man to stop the train again. So I'm good on that. That shit starts with Jalen Brunson. He easily changed the Knicks culture upside down. I don't even think Tibbs changed the Knicks culture like that. And I give Tibbs credit. Tibbs could get all the credit in the world. Since I feel like talking basketball, yeah, Tibbs developed Argent. Yeah, he developed quickly. Yeah, he developed Quentin Grimes. Yeah, I ain't gonna, I'm not that much of a hater. And I still want Tibbs fired. But you gotta give credit when credit is due. And he's doing a damn good job with the young boys. That's the reason why I was I was happy with him being hired in the first place because I come from a, a strict uh, uh, family. Well, my mother's not as strict as my dad, but my dad is Ghanaian and he's actually African. And he was very strict and meticulous on things. Um, yes, I used to get my ass whooped, but some of his punishments was kind of unconventional. Um, I, I remember one day I had a punishment. And I had to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe book for two weeks straight. And I could not watch no TV. So I used to sneak in and I used to read comic books because my dad was a huge comic book collector. And he used to 
drill into my brain that, yo, school is first, this, that, and the third. That was, that was my dad. My mom's was the ghetto side. She was the cool side. She was the, hey, she was the Johnny Bryan of the situation. She was like, hey, look, man, you, you good. You know, be yourself. You know, my mother's like Johnny Bryan. And my pops is like Tibbs. I love people who hold people accountable. I would love that. If I was an NBA player, I could play for a coach like Tibbs. Because I don't want no so-fast coach. I prefer to be screamed at when I do something wrong. So I won't do this shit again. I need somebody who's meticulous with their approach. I need somebody who I, who I could believe that when he give me some, I'm like, all right, he's putting in as much work as I am. I don't want to work hard for nobody. I ain't putting in much work. Than I, they ain't putting as much work as me. Why? Why? So, once again, respect to Julius Randle. He did not change the Knicks culture. Jalen Brunson did. And I think that's what comes with the position of a point guard. Um, is commanding your team, commanding respect, understanding the moments of the game. This is something that I wanted from Kemba Walker when we signed Kemba Walker. But the problem with Kemba Walker was his knees. And his knees, he, his knees just gave out, man. Um, he played in the NBA at the time where, you know, probably medical people wasn't the same and, and – and, how people treated their bodies wasn't the same. And, and you know, Kemba's bodies just gave out. The Mill, the, the Millbank legend, 116th and 5th Avenue. I mean, 118th and 5th Avenue. Fucking legs just gave out. So I'm super happy for this Brunson situation, um, me personally. And just thinking about going back to, like, Steve Nash and the effect that Steve Nash had on the Phoenix Suns, I think Jalen Brunson is having that same effect. And the effect of winning. Uh, when you win, especially with a young team like this, this is why I don't want no trades right now. I don't need trades right now. The Knicks don't need a star trade right now. I, I'm, I'm firmly against it. I don't need it. I'm sick of arguing with fans and people um, who talk about these stupid-ass trades who come to me, yo, State, let's get him beat. Get him beat for what? Get him beat to do what? Fucking idiot. Why would I want and be in an NBA where the fucking league is, is predicated by good wings and guards? Embiid and Jokic, they could both go to the finals. But they're not going to be going to the finals because of those two. Giannis got to the finals because Chris Kobe Middleton was closing out those games. Not because of Giannis' greatness. He, his greatness was a part of it. But you need a closer. You need a guy who can close. And B ain't closing no fucking games in the playoffs. When was the last time a center or a big closed a game in a playoffs? The last time it was Dirk Nowitzki. And Dirk Nowitzki was not a center, by the way. He was a power forward. We're talk I'm talking the center position. There's no way in hell you're going to win a championship in today's NBA, regardless of how good your center is, if you don't have good wings if you don't have good point guard play period so you people who, who, who oh who the Knicks gonna trade for oh um the Knicks should get Embiid the Knicks should the Knicks should get this the Knicks should get that I'm gonna stop talking trades too because talking trades is annoying I don't like talking trades like that 
And that's what goes into my Lucas segment. Because when you talk trades with certain people of this fan base, sometimes it's not about basketball. It's not about basketball when it comes to R.J. Barrett. Mm-mm. Can't talk basketball to everybody when it comes to R.J. Barrett. At all. Especially Nick fans. So you mean to tell me, <laughs> let me get this straight. Right? I watched Dallas for 20 plus years. We're talking to Dallas Mavericks specifically. And I continuously hear Nick fans say, well, Dallas is going to want, you know, R.J. Barrett and, and, and IQ and, and, and Grimes and six first and this, that, and the third. Um, no, they're not. They're going to want some kids, but they're not going to be able to pick who the fuck they want. Reason why? The reason, the biggest reason why is if I'm the Knicks, and Luca is on the table. And uh, let me break it down to how Luca would be on the table. Because you got to provide context. You just can't get into the fucking conversation and say, yo, stay, man. How, how the fuck Luca? So let's say hypothetically speaking. Let's say if Dallas don't make the playoffs. Luca's definitely asking out. Because if they don't make the playoffs, Kyrie Irving is leaving. I firmly believe that. I don't even think Kyrie's going to stay regardless. Um, I think somebody's one team, there's going to be a team out there that's going to give Kyrie a contract. You cannot let a guard of Kyrie's caliber just sit there in free agency. And I don't think Kyrie is going to stay in, 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 in the city of Texas, one of the most racist cities in America. So I think Kyrie's gone. So if they don't make the playoffs, hypothetically speaking, what is Mark Cuban going to do for Luka Doncic? Not much. Can't do much. You don't have a lot of assets. You can't trade none of your first-round picks until 2029. So that, that, that's dead already. That's already dead. So you can't trade none of your first-round picks. So if I was Dallas, yes, you could tank. Right, would, would would Adam Silver send Victor Wembanyama to Dallas? Adam Silver is no David Stern. He's no David Stern. David Stern reads the room. Sleep in peace, David Stern. David Stern, if he was the commissioner of today, y'all best believe Victor Wembanyama would be going to Dallas because there's no way David Stern would allow his cash cow to leave Dallas. No way. Mm-mm, no way. But at the same time, we dealing with Adam Silver. So the nightmare scenario for Dallas, they don't make the playoffs. Now Luca has at least two months. He's going to be watching the playoffs from his fucking couch for about two months. He's going to look at his team's roster He's going to say, what the fuck is this? Get me the fuck out of here, Mark Cuban. The next question we're going to ask is, where would, who would trade for him, right? Where would he want to go? What would he, where would he want to go? If you're Luca, <laughs> do you want to get sent to OKC? No. It's not how this works, people. <laughs> You you want to get sent to Oak? No. Why? 
So you got to have a Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell situation. Listen, Donovan, you're a great player, brother. You're a great, you're a damn good player, brother. You're going to get smoked out of the first round. So I hope, I hope Cleveland fans love all those first-round picks they gave up because they're definitely getting smoked in the first round. And after they get smoked in the first round, will they have buyer's remorse after getting Donovan Mitchell? Will they? Will they? It remains to be seen. So now Luka has to sit on the side and watch Jalen Brunson go off for the next two months in the playoffs and just and just say, yeah, I'm going to stay on Dallas for another season so I can watch Maxi Cleaver play, play center. A Knicks fan told me Maxi Cleaver played better defense than Julius Randle. Crack cocaine. Crack cocaine. Absolute fuckery. So now he sits out for two months. But in this scenario, the Knicks absolutely cannot win. They, they, they can't win the championship. The Knicks can't win it all in this scenario. If they win it all, it would be no reason why you would go and try to get Luka. But at the same time, <laughs> what would stop you? What would stop you? The only thing that would stop you would be Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban going to have to be smart about this situation. He's going to have to be smart. I already lit. I already put out the whole Steve Nash scenario. Steve Nash was hurt a lot. The Mavericks didn't want to pay. They let him go. The man became a two-time MVP. Cuban, you was being cheap again. You didn't want to pay Brunson. You let Brunson go. Now the Knicks win increase is plus 10 games after winning 37 games the last season. That is a mistake. And I absolutely believe Luca will be gone this offseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'm Luca, like, don't get me wrong. Dirk Nowitzki was a generational talent, his damn self. But the difference between Dirk Nowitzki and Luca Doncic, Dirk Nowitzki, I just think Dirk Nowitzki is a different type of cat. One. And two, Dirk Nowitzki's rosters was always more talented than Luca Doncic. They got Luka Doncic playing with Dwight Powell. Dirk Nowitzki had Antoine Jameson, Antoine Walker, Jason Terry, Deshaun Stevenson, Jason Kidd. He had Steve Nash at one point. Come on now. Come on now. It's all about building talent. It's all about building a roster. These dudes cannot win by themselves. Got Nick fans saying, well, in a Luka trade, the first two people to go was R.J. Barrett and Manny Quickly. Why? Why? That's not how hustling works. That's not how trade works. I'm giving you seven first-round picks. You're not touching R.J. Barrett or Quickly. The first person they would realistically ask for is Julius Randle. He's from Dallas. Dallas don't tank. I need to know when the last time Dallas actually tanked. They never tank. Utah Jazz never tank. It's some teams that don't tank. They don't have the mindset of certain Knicks fans who just like to tank all day. They don't tank. Learn the basketball game. That's why I hate arguing with certain fans. 
And it's usually the younger fans. Oh, they wouldn't take this. You dumb motherfucker. I've been watching basketball for 23 plus years now. Dallas never tanked in my life. They always retool. Always. Always. They tanked one time. And that tank was for Luka Doncic. And that was a by accident tank. Dirk Nowitzki just left. You know, you got to get... Dirk Nowitzki was on the last legs of his prime. Got to get somebody. Luka was like the perfect target for them. But in today's NBA, you can't tell... You can't give a great player like Luka the talent you've been giving him the past few years. I like Jaden Hardy. He ain't enough. He ain't enough. And a lot of and a lot of it, what's going on in Dallas right now, it is Luca's fault. Steve Nash didn't cry like that. Brunson didn't cry like that. No, a lot of these players did not bitch the way Luca Doncic bitches on the court. He bitches a lot. He cries a lot. A lot. It's very annoying to watch. You're too good to be that much of a baby. Stop crying. Then you see, then you read reports. This is how you know a player is going to be going soon. When the beat reporters of the said team starts writing articles about your defense and starts writing articles about shit that's just not on the basketball court, shit that's off the court, like your attitude, the way you carry yourself, the way you carry yourself in the locker room, that's when shits get real. So I know he's gone. I know he's out of there. Out of there. Jalen Brown, out of there. They don't win a ring, those two out of there. Especially Luca. Then you got people saying, oh, well, you know, Dallas is going to keep them and Dallas going to do that. Keep them to do what? Sell tickets? Keep them to do what? Why do fans think players got to shut up and dribble? Why do fans think players don't have no choices no more? This is what the CBA is for. Thank LeBron. LeBron left Cleveland because Cleveland was ass. And he had a right to do so, to go join Miami. I remember that Cleveland team he left. They was awful. And that's that happens when you draft a player high and he's great out the gate. It's kind of hard to build. That's why Orlando is in a sweet spot right now. Because Orlando... The year before they got the cut, the three seasons before they got Palab Banchero, they've been building, they've been building, they've been building, they've been collecting. Oh shit, we hit on Franz Wagner. Oh shit, we traded it. We 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 traded basically Vujacic for Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner. Oh shit, we lucked into the first overall pick. Oh shit, Markel Fultz is finally turning it into a fine basketball player. So a lot of things go your way as long as the NBA gods see you building the right way and you're not cheating the game. I don't think the Knicks is cheating the game no more. And that's why things are going the way they are. I think the Knicks tried to, they tried to cheat the game during the season after the almighty fourth seed. You tried to cheat the game. That's why you ended up with 37 wins. 
You tried to manufacture great. You can't manufacture greatness. You thought Alf, you thought Kimball Walker and Evan Fournier was supposed to save the Knicks after losing a first round series to the Hawks because your offense was putrid. It's not how this works. So now Mark Cuban is looking literally looking at a situation where he might he's lost one of his best point guards in a decade in Jalen Brunson, and he's in danger of losing another one of his point guards, probably one of the, the one of the best players of my generation and Luka Doncic. I really do. I really think he's one of our best players. But possibly losing him too. And it's kind of hard to keep players like that in today's NBA, man. Because these players got mouths. They, they understand the rob. They, they read the room. You know, they understand when people are trying to, you know, challenge them and this, that, and the third. I don't think Luca knows how to read a room yet. And that's okay with me. I'm fine with that. Luca's 24. He's still a baby. Still a baby. 24 average. What is he averaging? 38 and 8? He's still a child, man. A lot of these players take years to develop winning habits. Luca absolutely has to change his game. He has to change his play style. He has to change his wanting. He has to change his attitude. He has to change a lot of shit. Just basically got to mature as a man. You see how Brunson Brunson is mad mature. Shit, it took Randall three years. It took Randall nine seasons to mature as a, as a player. And he's still immature at times. It's so bad, Johnny Bryant had to take the man off the court a couple weeks ago. The man screaming that quickly. So certain people mature at certain times in their lives, man. Certain people, it, it, it's different, man. You got to give some of these players some time to mature, man. That's why I be getting tight with Nick fans when they be talking these trade shit and this, that, and the third. We don't have a Luka Doncic problem in New York. We have a good culture here. It's the first time in decades where we had a good, or we have a good culture here, bro. From the fan base to to Nick's management to the players, we have a great culture right now that we could build on. You got your fucking, you got your quickly stands. You got your RJ stands. You got your Grimes stands. You got the Mitch stands. You got the, you, you got every type of stand you got with this fan base. And the one thing we all could agree on is everybody wants to win a championship. But the culture starts with the players. And I'm starting to think the fans is a part of the culture too. And I think the fans are, are being a part of the culture because now in today's um, day and age where social media rules all if we're collectively going on the app each day and we're being negative about the team i think a lot of people sees that you know when people was shitting on julius randall like myself and just coming on the app and shitting on them every day people see that other nba players see that they see it as us being toxic they see it as us you know being this that and third but best believe when another fan base calls out Randall or calls out any one of our players, a lot of us collectively jump in and say, how about you shut the fuck up and worry about your own team? A lot of us do that. 
it's sad that a lot of people don't do it for a lot of our young players because it don't be about basketball with a lot of our young players, especially R.J. Barrett. It just does not be about basketball a lot of the time. And a lot of people don't realize that shit. They don't even realize it as they're giving me a take. Like, I could be writing something random. Random. Got nothing to do with R.J., got nothing to do with the kids. And then you get some random motherfucker on here with, with under 100 followers. Well, you know R.J. been trash for a couple of weeks. My God, did he have sex with your girlfriend, bro? Did he? Did he punch you in the face when you was a kid? Did he rob you of one of your Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon cards when you was in elementary school? I need to know. Do you not like young players? I need to know. Do you want us to, to get back a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who used to trade every first-round pick known to man? I would like to know. Because that's what a lot of you dudes want. Like Ralph. Like Fly. You stupid motherfuckers who get on the app every day and just talk down on the young players. It is stupid. You don't get points for that. You look bad. Then you got the little dick motherfuckers who get on the app. You talking about trades when we have three games left in the season? How dare you? How dare you? Grow some nuts. A lot of these takes don't be good on this app. It's very disingenuous, a lot of these combos that a lot of people are having. I love Jalen Brunson. I would never get on this app and call Jalen Brunson out of his name if I don't see something I don't like. If I see him ball hogging, I'm calling him a ball hogging bitch. But I'm not going to trade him. I'm not going to go under every profile known to man that has a Jalen Brunson tweet and say, he sucks. Oh, he sucks. Let's trade him. He sucks. He sucks. He this, that, and the third. He's this. He's that. That shit is trash. That's why I just block you dudes now. I don't even want to have a big convo with a lot of you dudes. Pointless basketball conversation. A lot of you young motherfuckers didn't even know about Steve Nash. Didn't even know about the situation Steve Nash came from when he was dealing with injuries and whatnot. You don't let that type of talent just walk out the door. You don't trade no 22, no 23-year-olds like that. That's dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. Especially asking me to trade the youngest player in our fucking roster right now outside of Trevor, Kid- Trevor Kills. He doesn't even play. So that's why a lot of this shit be stupid. Now let's get back to basketball. If I'm Dallas, I'm asking for Randall first. He's your team's best player. He's from Dallas. On what planet do Randall and Luca work? Use your brain. Fuck. A lot of you dudes do not use your fucking brain. Next thing. Um, will Dallas want R.J. Barrett? They would. But you know who shares the same agent as R.J. Barrett? Luka Doncic. So why would his agent 
asked for me to switch clients in that said situation. A lot of you people don't even think about the business aspect of shit. That's the reason why I didn't include RJ in that trade. That's like saying Zach Levine will be a Nick. Why? When? He's not. No. No. You're not thinking about the business aspect of things. Zach Levine will never be a Nick. As long as, as long as um, my guy Rich Paul is, you know, Zach Levine's agent and, and, and clutch agency, no, you will not be getting no fucking Zach Levine. No, you will not be getting no clutch agency clients. You will not. You burnt that bridge. Now you got to rebuild the bridge. How do you rebuild the bridge? I don't know. You tell me. Treat us of, of a client with respect, a.k.a. Jericho Sims. So I'm just, I, I look at the business aspect of a lot of things. Jimmy Butler, business aspect. He played under Tibbs already. The man would be 34, 35 years old. At what point do Jimmy Butler think Bam Adebayo is going to help him get to the promised land? At what point? I like Bam. He's cool, but he is so overrated. So overrated. I've seen so many great players, bro, in my years of watching basketball who've been great on teams individually. And these same sad players never got themselves into a winning situation with other great players. In order to win, you have to win with great players. You got to have great a great team. Got to have a squad, bro. People expect Luka Doncic to win with Dwight Powell. You obviously do crack. You do crack cocaine. When Mace told Mario Chalmers... Literally told, Mace told Mario Chalmers he does heroin. So I stand by my takes. You said, hold on. Oh, all right. I stand by my takes when people say, oh, well, you know, state, why are you accusing me of this? Why are you accusing me of, oh, 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 doing crap? Why are you accusing me of this? I got to accuse you of doing some type of drug. Yeah, I usually I did. I got to. A lot of you motherfuckers give takes like you on drugs. I should be. I should. Hey, good afternoon, miss. I should ask. I'm not going nowhere. I should ask, you know, one of the doctors in here, can they start prescribing a lot of you people some hard medicine? Because a lot of you dudes need it. Y'all need it. The one thing that I love that I loved about Brenton this season it's just learning how to watching his progression as a lead guard. Um, I think the uh, um, being a lead guard, it took him. A, it took him about three months to learn how to be a lead guard. And what I mean by being a lead guard is understanding when to shoot the ball and understanding when to get your teammates involved. Right when when Jalen Brunson scored that forty eight points. And he was going off in the first half. He understood, and maybe I didn't understand. That's the thing. Like I probably didn't understand. 
Brunson understood the the moment, understood the time. He understood when he had to shoot the ball. But look, and he understood all of the things he had to do during that game. I didn't understand. So I apologize, Brunson. I didn't know that Donovan Mitchell I, matter of fact, I did know. I forgot Donovan Mitchell was on the other team. I forgot. I forgot what you did to him last season. I forgot. I didn't, I, I, I totally forgot, bro. I forgot that the Knicks was about to trade most of our young core for Donovan Mitchell. I forgot. I forgot the I forgot Leon Rose drew his drew the line in the sand and said, you know what, Danny Ainge? Fuck you. I'm giving RJ Barrett 120 million. You could go fuck yourself. I forgot. And that particular game, oh, we kind of needed Jalen Brunson's points. So it's understanding when to score, understanding when to playmake, just understanding the nuances of being a franchise league guard. And the biggest change for me is just the culture, man. Like Julius Randle, for example, like he is he is such an emotional guy. Uh, reminds me of myself a bit. Such an emotional guy. Throws temper tantrums, cries like he does not do none of this shit when Jalen Brunson plays. He does not do it. He does not do it. I've seen Jalen Brunson pull him to the side a couple of times. Yo, calm down, big dog. I don't know what he said to him, but I'm pretty sure it's calm the fuck down. Relax. Relax. I don't I, I can't remember the time where Jalen Brunson literally where Julius Randle literally would go off on the refs and Jalen Brunson was on the court with him at the same time. I I, I genuinely don't remember. Um, and that's another reason why Jalen Brunson, for me, is the is the reason why the Knicks culture changed. Um, R.J. Barrett can't change a culture. Young players don't change cultures, right? They don't. Because you're looking at a young player in Luka Doncic right now who has failed to change his team's culture and literally had the heart eyes today for Jalen Brunson when they asked him about Brunson. So young players can't change the culture. So for the people who say, well, quickly, this, that, and third, no, it is not quickly. Mm -mm. It is not RJ. It is not Grimes. It's not none of those plays. It begins with the older players on your roster. And I think culture really starts with your point guard. That's just me. I think every team that has a great culture in NBA history, they always had a, a, a point guard who was a part of that culture. I think the, a point guard is like the extension of a coach on the court. That's what I believe that a, a point guard is. So look at the past couple of teams that won championships, right? And look at some of their point guards. Drew Holiday. He's a great leader. Giannis ain't win shit until Drew Holiday got there. He ain't win nothing. You got to lead. The point guard position is one of the main leaders on your roster. Right? 2020, who Braun had? He had Rondo. You best believe when Rondo told, Rand, told Braun to cut, his ass cut to the basket. That's a fact. It's a, it's a respect factor. Straight respect factor when it comes to playing a point guard and being a point guard in today's NBA. You have to have respect 
or you have to have the respect from your roster and your locker room in order for you to be a point guard and in order for you to direct people where you want them to go. You have to. Kobe Bryant. Listen to Derek Fisher. Like it's it, it's so many it's so many franchise guards. Kyle Lowry, bro. Fred Van Fleet. Um, who's on me? Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet. It is so many franchise PGs that I could I could always go back and forth and just just look at these guys and say yes, that's a that's a fucking leader. Stephen Curry, he's a leader. 2016, I understand Kyrie Irving. Um, a lot of people think he's crazy. Um, a lot of people don't like Kyrie Irving. I'm actually a Kyrie Irving fan. It's funny because I always, I always like the NBA players who majority of people hate. I'm a Kyrie Irving fan and I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. I love both of those point guards. A lot of people hate him. It's not a lot of people. It's mainly nerdy, nerdy Twitter, nerdy Twitter. Advanced analytics Twitter and, 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 and stat hold Twitter. Those three parts of Twitter hates Kyrie and, and hates Russell Westbrook. Hate him. Hate him. Russell Westbrook, to me, to me, he's easily a top 10 point guard all the time. Easily. He got to be 10th on that list. 10th. He got to be. You can't give me... I'm not even going to lie, yo. I'm talking about prom, prom Russ, prom Kyrie. You can't name me, but each said point guard, you can't name me 20 fucking point guards. In NBA history, you'll take over those two. You could probably name me a good six or seven. And I ain't going to fight with you. Name me a, you, you can name me a good six or seven point guards. We don't got to battle. We don't got to say none. You can name me six or seven, but a whole 15 to 20? Nah. Absolutely not. I think Russell Westbrook is a great leader. Uh, I think Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, I think he's a cool leader. I think he has a different kind of leadership style. He obviously wasn't the leader of that 2016 Cavs team because that was LeBron's team. But he was one of He was one of the leaders on the team. 2015, you got Steph Curry. 2014, you got Tony Parker. 2013, um, you had a guy in Mario Chalmers. Young boy, though. Young boy, though. But you had to have some type of voice in the locker room in order to get certain people respect, in order for Mario Chalmers to hit all those threes that he hit in fucking game seven to save LeBron's legacy outside of Ray Allen. You had to have a trust in your players, B. LeBron had to trust the young ball. And LeBron is second best player of all time. You got to trust your point guard. You trust Mario Chalmers. There's some fucking shots. 2011, who was the point guard? Jason fucking Kidd, top 10 point guard of all fucking time. 2009, Derek Fisher. Well, he got five rings. Who the fuck is going to shit on Derek Fisher? Right? Um, you know, old, you, you got 05 and 04. Um, 05, it was the Spurs, but in 04, you had another legendary point guard and fucking Chauncey Billups, man. 
And Chauncey, one of the best leaders in NBA history, man. Great fucking leader of men. Led that 2004 Detroit um, Pistons team to a championship along with Larry Brown. But he had to have the room. He had to have the, the air of the locker room. He had to. Imagine a locker room with fucking Ben Wallace and fucking and Rasheed Wallace. Are you kidding me? You have to have some type of respect in that locker room. Got to have some toughness. Got to. Because Rasheed is a dog. Ben Wallace is a dog. These dudes is dogs. Um... 2003. Well, 2003 to like to like 2000, it was the it was the three peak of Shaq and Kobe. Um, I always felt like that three peak was a little. It, I'm not gonna say fluky, but they did have a lot of help from the refs. Um, the Lakers had help in 2001 from the refs. No, 2002 when they played the Sacramento Kings, and this egregious shit that I've ever seen. I never seen a team. And I knew I knew Sacramento as a kid was getting cheated because I, I couldn't even believe this shit myself. But I never seen a team, me personally, I never seen a team shoot twenty five. They shot twenty five plus free throws. Twenty five plus free throws in the fourth quarter. Twenty five free throws, really? Oh yeah, y'all cheating now. And two thousand. Um, shout out to the Portland Trailblazers, man. They was up 3-1 on the Lakers. The refs started getting in the game. The fucking refs. It's the fucking, it's the fucking refs. The refs always, always. I hate when, I hate when games are dictated by the refs, bro. That is the worst, bro. I hate when a team wins because of the refs, bro. I hate it. But the Lakers still had, you know, good leadership at the point guard position, man. You, you, you can't win without a fucking point guard. Um, shit, even Allen Iverson had a point guard he respect in Eric Snow. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Eric Snow wasn't the best. Um, Eric Snow definitely wasn't the best. But Eric Snow was serviceable. He was always available to play. He made the right play. He didn't do too much. And he played hella defense. And I and he also challenged Allen Iverson a couple times, right? So you gotta have you gotta have a fucking point guard, man. Shit, it's so real. Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face because Steve Kerr was like, "Listen, man, I know you the goat, but I'm sick of your shit, bro. I don't give a fuck if I'm white. You gotta stop your bullshit, bro." And after that, Steve Kerr hit a fucking game winner for Jordan to help him win another ring. Shit, the Knicks' first two championships, who's the leader of the team? I love Willis Reed, the captain. He was the best player on the team. But was he the leader? Probably was Clyde. Probably was the boy Clyde. Shout out to Clyde. But I don't think without Clyde and without Earl Pearl Monroe and their leadership styles, they don't win. I firmly believe that. So you need... Guards, you need a guard, a lead guard, who's the extension of a coach who can, who the players on the floor respects, who they will listen to, 
when he asked him to go somewhere on the court. I have no problem with my lead guard telling me, get the fuck out the way if I feel like he's always going to make the right play. So Jalen Brunson, to me, he's the reason why the culture changed. He is the reason why Julius Randle was able to become an all-star this season. He is also the reason why Randle and him will both be all-NBA players. I think the last time the Knicks had two all-NBA players was was in the 1970s, and that was with, you know, Clyde and Willis Reed. So we have a chance to have two all-NBA players. We also have a chance to have Jalen Brunson go home with the Most Improved Player Award. We also have a chance to have Emmanuel Quickly go home with the six uh with, with the six man of the year award. We also have a chance for Quickly to be a part of the all NBA second defensive team. We also had a chance for Mitchell Robinson to be a part of the NBA's all defensive team, second team. We got a chance. And we also got a chance to go to the fucking finals. I'm confident in that. I'm confident that I, I believe the Knicks could beat anybody in a seven game series. I watched Jalen Brunson perform admirably, like he performed well, admirably, whatever the word I'm looking for. Last year, playoffs, he averaged 26 without Luka. It went down about 19 points with Luka on the court. But I think now Luka, as he's um, aging and under, getting the understanding, Luka kind of misses Jalen Brunson now. Don't you? Kind of miss that leadership style. His eyes was like the heart. The, you know the heart emoji eyes? That's how his eyes was today. And it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful to know that you have a guy you can count on each game on a day-to-day basis. He's not going to make you look stupid on, in, in the outside media. He's not going to do too much. He's not going to be extra. He's not going to fucking, you know, make us look bad. Um, when it comes to certain things, he's just gonna be point. He's just gonna play, be our point guard. Um, he's gonna show up the places in New York. Something that I like. I love when I see the players show up in New York. I love the fact that Jalen Brunson, when he first signed, he immediately came to the Rucker. Immediately. That's some. That's that shit I like. And, and, and be a part of the city. Be one with the city. Be one with us. After after the Knicks win the championship this year, because I'm hoping they win the championship. I would like for the Knicks to win the championship. I would want them to win the championship. I hope to see a lot of these Knicks players show out more in the city and in, in our communities. I love the fact that Obi Toppin last summer was literally in Forster Projects, hosting a Kingdom game. Forster Projects is a project in Harlem. It's a 115 for Lennox. It's right there. It's a big-ass project. They call it Martin Luther King Projects, but it, it's called Foster Projects. Obi Toppin was right there watching his dad doing, the EB, doing um, one, of the, one of the games in the middle of the hood, in the middle of the projects, in the Kingdom Park. That shit I like to see. R.J. Barrett, it's your turn. You got to go to Rucker, brother. You got to ingratiate yourself with the city. I see Julius Randle do that shit every summer. And shout out to Big Dog Juju because Big Dog Juju had the 30 for 3 for kids. So, each three he's made, um, he makes money for New York kids. 
in these inner cities and he gives back. And that's stuff, that's stuff that I like to see. That's stuff that I'm proud of. And I need to see more of it. And when the Knicks win it all, I think these Knicks players will be even more comfortable being in the city. And that's what I like to see. Shit, Walt Clyde Frazier could go anywhere in New York right now, sit down at any restaurant, and yet guaranteed if his face is noticeable, he's eating for free. He's eating for free. Thibodeau, he wins a championship in New York. He's a top 10 coach of all time. Period. I don't give a shit about how I felt about him before. Yeah, he got a, a, a 57 win percentage of um in the regular season. Or probably went down to 54%. Um, it's between 54% and 57% winning percentage in the regular season. As far as the playoffs is concerned, Tibbs has a career record uh 41% um, winning percentage in the playoffs. If he wins a championship this year, nobody's not going to give a shit about those numbers. All they're going to give a shit about is two Coach of the Year awards and him winning the New York Knicks a ring. Any, listen, man. A lot of people lived for 60-plus years and probably only experienced <laughs> the finals th- two times. Because the Knicks got to the finals twice in the 90s during Patrick Ewan's era here. And we never won at all. Me, I've been watching the Knicks for about I've been watching the Knicks about 20 years. And the Knicks got out the first round one time in the past 20, 20 years. Can you imagine if the Knicks win? Nah. If the Knicks win the championship and you know. We go into this offseason, and we got this roster. This is something that is sustainable for a decade. That's another reason why I'm giving the Knicks all this positive energy. And I think fans got to start to as well. And we got to come together and stop the trade bullshit. That's why as soon as I go in somebody else's spaces, if I hear you talking about a trade, I'm instantly, I'm instantly cursing your space out. Everybody's getting cursed out. How dare I go into the space yesterday? Y'all talk about trades with RJ. He didn't even play in the fucking game. Grow a dick. Y'all act like a bunch of hoes sometimes, man. And it's very bad. I don't want to listen to an audio of somebody's podcast right now. And you talking about trades, bro. That is dumb. That's not how you put out good product. It's not. People think people think positivity sells. <laughs> people think positivity sells. Ralph said something to me earlier. And he said, State, the only reason why you're popular is because you said you wouldn't trade RJ for God. If you think that's the only reason why I'm popular, you ain't putting in enough work, champ. You ain't putting in enough work, champ. Be yourself. That's the thing I don't like about Nick's Twitter now. Everybody want to be somebody. You don't touch grass enough. 
You could wake up every day and tag a man you never met a day in your life about a take he had eight months prior to this month. That's what you wake up to do? You do not touch enough grass. You don't. You don't. You don't see me. I don't wake up. I don't wake up and share takes from positive Knicks Twitter because it don't matter to me. You sucked off the Knicks already. I don't need to hear your, 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 your regular takes again. You're saying generic shit. Of course you think the Knicks was going to make the playoffs. You're a company man. So your takes don't count. Of course you got the, oh, yo, yo, you know, Tibbs is a good coach. He's developing. Your takes don't count. This is why when company men get on the app, they only talk about negative Knicks Twitter takes. They don't talk about their own. You dudes don't have balls. Talking about, oh, you know, you know, State said this, you know, months ago and, and this and the third. Oh, State, you don't hold RJ. Shut the fuck up. You're more concerned about a man you never met. Grown man. More than your own takes. A lot of you dudes, man, got to shut up, man. Y'all act like hoes, man. I don't like that shit, me personally. And y'all can't have, and y'all can't hold basketball conversation. That's why I cursed out Bunkai like two weeks ago. I got tired of him. Every time I'm going on KCBA, you always talking about everybody else but the game. Where's your takes at? Stop living off everybody else. Y'all dudes don't, a lot of y'all don't even put in enough work to say half of the shit you say. I only respect people that put in work. I only respect people that put in work. Like Nick Spaces, like I, I respect everybody. Matter of fact, man, Nick Wall, all of you guys, those are the only people I feel like that can criticize the shit I'm doing and the shit I'm saying. If you don't put in enough work, you need to shut the fuck up. Cause a lot of you don't. Shout out to Fly. Go follow his Apple Podcast music. I appreciate the music that Fly do. Fly don't appear in the spaces when RJ Barrett plays well. I noticed that. Come on now. I peep a lot of you dudes. Y'all like roaches when certain players don't play well. NYK, what, what are you bothering me for today? Hey, come on, brother. You know I don't bother nobody. <laughs> Yo, what's up, man? What's, what's... What it do? What it do? Anybody loyal and true like Orange and Blue, you heard? <laughs> I just want to say I'm very proud of this, man. I'm very proud of everything we got going on. Mm-hmm. I just had to get into... um. One of my ex coworkers, I just had to, I, I had to really like tell his man about himself because he really jacks. He's a Knicks fan. This is literally like I'm fresh off of sending, hitting the send button. But um, he jacks. He's a Knicks fan, but he swears we should have traded for Donovan Mitchell. We should have did this. We should have traded for Donovan Mitchell. RG's ass. RG's mid. He should have. We should have traded him. We should have traded. We should have gave him whatever they wanted. We would have. We would have still been a top two seed. We would have been a top two seed, top three seed. It would, yo, if I send you the screenshots of the conversation I just had, state, your mind <laughs> might not be able to take this shit, bro. <laughs> but uh, listen, listen, it's I'm I'm not here to bother nobody. I I was just a little bit bothered just now on a different app, so I had to come in here and kick it with actual family. You feel me? Um. 
I'm excited for what's going on. Let's let's I, I'm I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna sit back and enjoy 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 the rest of this conversation. I, I'll touch back in later. Nah, it won't be a later, motherfucker. Oh, you getting up out of here? You about to go? Nah, later I'm smoking, bro. I don't feel like I ain't doing all that later, bro. Oh, tape shit, tape shit. All right. <laughs> well, look, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. So. It depends, unless like somebody else come up in and they feel like talking about something randomly. Um, that's probably the only way. The only reason why I started this particular conversation because I wanted to compare the Jalen Brunson, um, the Jalen Brunson pickup to the Steve Nash pickup to where the Suns, as soon as they got Steve Nash, they started winning 50-plus games. And, you know, Steve Nash became an MVP caliber player and, and stuff like that. So it kind of reminded me of the wow. same thing. And usually history repeats itself. Wow. So, you know, that's the reason why, I, you know, I thought about I really like that. Somebody give you pushback on that? Mm, no, not really. Um, it's pushback on what? We we having a winning season. You got Quentin Grimes post-All-Star breakers shooting a whopping 51, 51% on catch-and-shoot threes. That's fourth in the NBA. And 58% on court and threes. That's first in the NBA. Including 71% from three in the right corner. At some point, uh, I got to start giving kudos when kudos is due. And you know, Jalen Brunson is a part of a lot of that shit. He's making everybody better. Yes, he is. He's made our best player better. Can you think about that? He's made everybody better down to our best player. The only reason why I was fighting against him making other players better, because me, me and Miguel used to have those arguments a lot. And I used to tell him about two months ago, Jalen Brunson, I can't correlate. No basketball player, no individual basketball player on our team to his play. Um, in has, 70, has that changed, or you still think that way? Uh, it's changed. Um, it's changed because he's learning how to be a point guard on the fly. What what you about to say? Yes, I respect that. Yeah, you know, it's, it changes from day to day. I I think people gotta what's the word I'm looking for? People gotta learn how to update their takes. Yeah, I I remember you saying that. There's no, no, it's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with seeing what's what's on the floor and analyzing what you see, and then seeing what's on the floor later on in the season and just analyzing what you see. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a fact because I I'm looking at I was looking at individual players when it came to Jalen Brunson. I was looking at the ball hog and shit. Um, but Brunson is the type of player after watching him for the last few months actually. Um, Brunson's the type of player, he likes to get himself going. I've noticed that a lot. Uh, and when I say get himself going, you notice at the beginning of the first quarter, he always usually takes probably a lot of shots. But I think it's because he wants to get himself going so he can start playmaking in the second quarter. I notice in the second quarter, he always turns it down and lets other people eat. So that's that's what um, comes with understanding how to be a franchise point guard is knowing when to score, Knowing when to give your teammates the ball, and knowing the moment in the game and what's needed, so it took him a couple months. So yeah, it, it took me time to come around on it. I just got, I just don't like the ball hogging shit. I think it's, I don't even think it's ball hogging anymore. I think it's just him trying to find his groove before he has to give up the rock and allow other people to score. And I think it's what is what Tibbs is asking from him. Tibbs. Yeah. 
was just about to say that too. I think Tibbs is perfectly like on board with that. Like, yo, you and Julius do whatever you gotta do at first quarter. Like, go crazy. I I don't even think it's it'd be him and Julius. I think it's um I think it's just him. I think it's no matter of fact, it's not him. I think it's the guards in general, right? Because every time Tibbs has guards, he asks his guards to be basically aggressive. Um, he's asking his guards to get in the paint, get in the lane. Um, he's asking his players defensively to funnel all the players to the bigs. So that's why you got Isaiah Hardestine, you got Mitchell Robinson. So it's a system that's going on, right? When you understand the system, then you understand the players' roles. Um, when you understand people, why they what they do. Yes. I, I'll give you a great example, right? Uh, when people complain about Obi Toppin's rebounding, it's one of the most dumbest complaints I've ever seen in my life. The reason why it's a dumb complaint is because we have two centers who is top five in the NBA in offensive rebounds and offensive rebounding percentage. We are top ten in the NBA in rebounds. And you got two centers I believe Mitchell Robinson is top five in defensive rebounding percentage. So I don't care if Obi Toppin gets one rebound in a fucking win. Um, I don't care if Randall scores 57 in a loss and only has four rebounds. Like, I like I generally don't care. So, oh, I got you, bro. Um, so I, me personally, I just don't care. Like, I, I care about, you know, how are these guys impacting the floor? How's my coach? I'm getting guys together. How is he galvanizing the troops? And, you know, it starts with the guards. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly. Um, 14 points per game, three assists per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, 36% from, from three, um, 45% from the field, 81% from the free throw line. The sixth man of the year award front runner for me, he's been fucking absolutely great. I could attribute Emmanuel quickly success to Jalen Brunson, right? Because Jalen Brunson, you know, he comes in and quickly, I can tell he's been practicing with Brunson, navigating screens. Yo, 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 yo. Yes. Do you see how he doesn't pick up his dribble when he goes through the screen no more? Or when, yeah, like when he goes through the pick and roll? Yes. He just keeps his dribble and he'll even he'll even hit the paint, come back to hit the boxes and come, and come be right back at the free throw line. And he just, he won't pick up his dribble unless he really has to. I love it now. Before he used to piss me off with that shit, and I think that comes from um, watching Brunson. So a lot of the time, you have to watch um, other players on your team, and you have to learn. And I also think it's Derrick Rose. Um, Derrick Rose might be the unsung hero of this season. Uh, I hope the Knicks could get him a ring. Um, I hope one day we could get Carmelo Anthony a ring as well. But Derrick Rose, I think. <laughs> There's a ring, man. I think he's one of those players. He's gave his time to the game. And I think it's time for him, yo. I, I think it's time for um, D. Rose to actually he, – he deserves it, in my opinion. Um, Derrick Rose is, has been such a great leader. You need guys like Derrick Rose in your locker room. You know, he know where the weed man is at. You know, he know where the, he know where the New York joints is at. He know where the side pieces is at. He know how much to pay his side pieces for them to be quiet. He knows when to tell players, look, listen, Tibbs is just bugging the fuck out right now. Just relax. It's cool. It's okay. But he also can sit down with Jalen Brunson. He can also sit down with Emmanuel quickly and watch film with them and, 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 and teach him, like, look, listen, you did this wrong, bro. 
look, listen, you did this dumb shit wrong, bro. Look, listen, you did this wrong. So, you know, I think Derrick Rose this season has been the catalyst for Jalen Brunson's success. He's been the catalyst of Emmanuel Quickly's success. And he's been a good soldier, man. He don't complain. Uh, he don't do too much. He don't cry. He don't whine. You know, he, he's just good, bro. <laughs> he's just good. Go ahead. Nah, facts, bro. I'm just saying facts because it's like he's 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 that dude on the bench that everybody respects, that everybody loved growing up. Like, you know, like, so every one of these dudes is like, I think I feel like when he speak or he, when you see him on the bench and plays and shit, like, yeah, he, he's clapping, he, he's engaged in the game, he's really watching, but you don't see him too much. Like, he's not like the Udonis Haslam type in the locker room, like, or, or on the bench, but he's just as important. And I feel like his role is the same. So he does, he, I, I feel like he does an amazing job at keeping everybody look. Tibbs just while Obi look don't look Obi don't even don't even look at Tibbs right now you feel me just look you did this or whatever look, when you get back in get right like you feel me you can tell like he you can like, tell, yeah. he the type yo don't look at him right now bro. he's the big bro yeah he the he's the big brother look I know Tibbs about to chew in your ass bro just chill, just chill out bro come sit over here come sit over here look you have my seat like <laughs> like oh god man. but but that's how you be like I said before like. My dad was kind of like Tibbs, you know, that discipline, like the, the guy who will discipline you, the guy who will curse at you, the guy who said, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I was like that. My, I, I like people like that. That's just me personally. Me too. Uh, it's that old school way. That's my step house for real. Yeah. And, and, and that's how I like to be taught. You know, that's what I was raised up on. I was raised up on, you know, um, discipline, um, respecting your elders, Calling people who's older than you an OG, um, calling every woman you meet, ma'am, saying sir, saying yes, ma'am, yes, sir, um, just being nice in general. Y'all would believe how nice I am to people at my job. Like my 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 all my supervisors love me. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yes, yes, darling. Yeah, yes, the sunshine is great. I can't. I ain't gonna lie. I, all my supervisors, most of my supervisors are women. The other two is men, right? But I'm respectful. Respectful. I treat them. I treat them all the same. I treat them with respect. And what they do, they treat me with respect back because I don't slack at work. This is why I could I could record a space and wipe my ass and talk to you while I'm working and not get in trouble because I'm the big dog. <laughs> what you do what you gotta do and you do it well. Yep. What else? What up? What you was about to say? My bad. Nah, nah, that's a it's, nigga. I'm just right on board with you, bro. I'm just replying. That's all. Um, you, you, oh, um, you work in the hospital too, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I be seeing your posts and shit when you your videos. Yeah, so like my my shorty work in the hospital. I know it's nothing but women in that motherfucker. <laughs> nothing <laughs> but women. Yes, a lot of a couple, lot of couple, couple of doctors, couple of doctor males, male doctors, but it's a, it's a lot of women in that field. No, it is. Um, it's a lot of coke sniffers too. Um, <laughs> these people <laughs> don't too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But um, it, it, it's a lot of fun though. You know, 
being in a new workplace, it teaches you a lot of things. Um, but I had to, I actually run my own floor now. So I got to like have great leadership. I can't be a bad teammate. You know, I can't do certain things on certain days. So I try to take advantage of when I do have free time to, you know, you know, talk to y'all and, 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 and work at the same time. Um, it all comes with repetition. Um, and that's the thing that I like about Jalen Brunson. He's learning how to be a, a franchise point guard on the fly. He's doing it perfectly. He's doing it perfectly. Um, I had no complaints about him this season whatsoever. I think the the biggest thing that the biggest gripe that I have with certain people now when it comes to Brunson is they complain about his defense. I think that's the, one of the most dumbest things I've ever heard when you complain about a six foot one point guard's defense. I think it's very stupid and I think it's short sighted. And when you're complaining about his defense, he's six foot. What more do you want from a guy who's six foot? So I think we got to chill out, chill the fuck out when it comes to like that talk as well. Um, I'm going to try to chill out when I call Jalen Brunson a ball hogging bitch. I just don't like ball hogging, man. I don't like, I love ball movement. I love when people share the ball. I love when people share the game. Um, I love when people just play for each other. This is why I get mad with RJ Barrett. This is why I get mad with Brunson. This is why I get mad with Julius Randle. Because you guys are a good enough team to share the ball and share the game. The Knicks had 31 assists with no Randle and no RJ on the court. And that was the best ball movement I've seen all season long. I had a flashback of RJ Barrett going on a fast break, refused to pass it to Obi Toppin. Refu- just refuses to pass to Obi Toppin and turns the fucking ball over. I had a fucking I had a, um, flashback of... of when Obi got the ball in the corner, and I just thought about Randall doing a jab step. Like, that, those are flashbacks. I can't have that no more. Randall and Obi Toppin have to learn how to share. The, I mean, Randall and R.J. Barrett has to learn how to share the fucking game, man. Period. Period. Learn how to share the game. That's what you need to do. When you learn how to share the game and, and you give up the basketball, you play for your teammates, that's when you get develop winning habits. And shout out to Tibbs because Tibbs be talking about that. Oh, you gotta you gotta develop winning habits. You gotta get this, that, and third. You gotta develop. So it's nice to see. It's nice to see when quickly goes for forty points. He's fourteen for eighteen from the field, five for seven from three. Then days later, your franchise point guard scores forty eight versus Cleveland. That's some shit. So when these people don't talk to me about trades, trade what? Trade for who? Even in Luka Doncic's trade, quickly, Grimes, Mitch, and RJ is not in that deal for me. I am so sorry. I would like to have a basketball team after I trade for Luka Doncic. I don't know about you. You need a basketball team. Take all my draft picks, bro. Take them. Who gives a shit about draft picks if you got uh, you got Luca, fucking Jalen Brunson, you got quickly Grimes and Mitchell Robinson still? Who needs draft picks? Draft picks for what? Who are you going to draft? Draft for what? Go get me some late first round picks. The Knicks been drafting great in the late first round anyway. Anyway. So draft for what? That's the shit that that. Draft for what? I mean, trade for what? Draft for what? We got a young core already. 
the only thing I would like about the draft from this season, for me personally, is just getting another young guy who we don't necessarily got to thrust him in the fire for his first season and treat him like Quentin Grimes. We can treat him like Quentin Grimes for his first season. We don't need you yet, young blood. Take your time. We do not need you yet. You know, take your time to develop. Take your time to, to, to understand the game. Take your time to know what to do on the court. Just take your time. No need to rush whatsoever. That's why I like what, what, what's going on quickly right now. Our point guard position should be set for the next 12, 12 years. We should not be worried about no point guard in the next 12 years. I should not be worried about the point guard position this whole decade. For what? I have two starting point guards on my team. Pay them young boys. Pay quickly is fucking money. They better make sure they pay quickly his money, dog. That's what I care about. I care about my young boys getting paid and staying on this team for a decade plus. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm trading for Luca. That 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 Luca. If I could get my hands on Luca, if I I got a I, I was playing my career mode in 2K and back during COVID. Yeah, 2K21. And I'll never forget, I had a team of, it was me, RJ, Luca. Um, I forgot who else I had on the team. I think Randall was, I think I had Randall coming off the bench. I had another starting four. I think my starting four was, was Jonathan Isaac, the MAGA lover. Who was my starting five? I don't even remember my starting five. Right? But I got Luca in about 2026, 2027. When I tell you, the game was, it was so unfair for me. The way I was just blowing teams out before the fucking second quarter end in my career mode. I didn't want to play with that team no more. But I kept one picture, one, on my Facebook. And that was the picture of R.J. Barrett holding the trophy next to Luka Doncic. I, just, I kept that one picture. I don't know why I kept that picture. But I kept it. Because that picture... It just it just felt something like I felt I felt something there. It felt like it was organic having RJ next to Luca. It felt good. You know, it, it felt it felt like it could happen in real life. That's why I never deleted the picture. Now that we've officially stolen Jalen Brunson, now I think we can steal Luca. We could we could do a lot of things, man. We can do a lot of things, man. I think we can still look at, we can still a lot of things from the NBA right now. As long as the Knicks do things the right way and they don't cheat the game. They don't, you know, cheat us as fans. Don't try to rush anything. Right? We don't need to rush anything right now. Don't try to rush nothing, yo. Keep this shit organic, bro. That's exactly what my entire argument was about on Instagram just now, bro. You, I was like, you over here trying to give up everything for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is only, what, five games ahead of us? Like, he doesn't – him and Brunson, I, like, I don't – he's not the automatic – he's not the right superstar in my eyes. Not for the price. Not for the price. If, it was, if there was a different price on the table, it could have worked. Mm-hmm. Not for that price. But that nigga was willing to give up everything. So yeah. But um 
I ain't gonna hold you. I'm gonna hop on the Call of Duty with my man's and shit. So I'm gonna I'm hop in the listening section. Yo, which Call of Duty, by the way? If you don't mind I'll be me. On, I'll be on uh, Battle Royale. Well, I'll be on Resurgence. Resurgence? Oh, that's that mode fire. I like Resurgence. I like Resurgence. Battle Royale, cool. I just, I don't like the fact that you can't respond. <laughs> you got Call of Duty. That's what I don't like. I definitely will be back on PS5. Um, I'm buying the PS5 my first check in June. So definitely look out for that. Um, if you need my um, PlayStation name, my PSN network name, I think it's Slizzy Sosa. Uh, so go look for that. I'm definitely going to be back on P5. I'm definitely going to be playing um, back on my, my Knicks shit again, trying to get the Knicks multiple championships. Uh, it, it, and it's fun for me. I never picked no other team besides the Knicks inside my career mode. Like that, that was the only team. So what I used to do is I used to automatically place Randall on the bench. That's how much I hated him. I hated him. I used to put him right on the bench. I don't give a fuck who's the who's the power forward coming off the bench. I'm Randall bench. Hate you, got hate you, my guy. Trade this guy. Right. But you know, everybody got a chance for redemption. Um, Randall's halfway redeemed himself. Notice I said halfway. Right. Notice I said halfway redeemed himself. You know why I said halfway redeems himself? Because um who redeems themselves and don't have no playoff success? People gotta up their fucking standards. You need some playoff success, bro. You need it. You 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 absolutely need playoff success to 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 be deemed a certain caliber of player. I know a lot of players in NBA history who literally ne- probably never had a lot of playoff success. A lot of people still call them um, championship players or whatnot. A lot of people do. Um, playoff success can be a lot of things, um, but mainly getting out of the fucking first round. Uh, if you don't get out the first round, you can be you can be still you still can be labeled a great player, but it just depends. For example, uh, Tracy McGrady. I don't think Tracy McGrady has ever gotten out of the first round. And the one time that he did get out the first round, I believe that uh, that was the year of 2008. Actually, in 2008, if people don't remember, I believe the Rockets the Rockets won like 28 straight. They they won some crazy no 22 straight games. They they won some crazy. They had, they went on a crazy um win streak but the rockets specifically did not win at all or they didn't get far because yao ming got hurt so it's just a circumstance of injury uh, and sometimes injury can plague a lot of nba players man injuries took a lot of great players from us um sad to say for example like grant hill um a lot of people uh around my age well, around my age, we didn't watch a lot of Grand Hill. The Grand Hill that we watched was washed. It was actually hurt a lot of the time. The Grand Hill that a lot of older folks remember was a Grand Hill who was looking like mini LeBron out there, dunking on catch, going off the dribble. If you ever seen this dunk, type in Grant Hill dunks on Alonzo Morning. Like, it, it, those were the type of cats who got robbed of injuries, man. So, you know, the injury bug, man. It's, it's crazy, man. I hope that none of our Nick players get that injury bug, get that Jerome James bug. Um, I wish Brunson nothing but success for the Knicks. I wish quickly nothing but success for the Knicks. 
Um, I'm super happy I could get this pod in real quick. I really wanted to talk about um, Jalen Brunson and compare it to the Steve Nash situation. Um, and hopefully Luca, hopefully Mark Cuban can do something about Luca and, and get some talent around him. But it looks slim. Thank you for the draft picks, uh, Mark Cuban. Appreciate you, King. Um, you know, that's all I got for today. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate everybody. My guy Stan, Stephanie, Rayology. Appreciate you, Chris, Melly, on the other Chris Scales, Haya, Ben, Orange, SNO, Mr. Biggs, Mikey, Matt, Matt, Prince, Christian. I, I appreciate all of y'all tuning in. Um, I'm gonna have the audio out for this later on today. I got I got some audio coming out within an hour from now. So appreciate a lot of you guys coming in. Ari, you just tuned in. I'm just about to get out of here, bro. So unless unless you got something for me, Ari, where I can continue this conversation until I go to lunch, I'm good. I just wanted to talk about Jalen Brunson and what he means to this team and how he's changed the culture. I don't believe Nick player. I don't believe Tibbs changed the culture at all. I don't think. No player, I mean, no coach, no upper management changed this Knicks culture. The Knicks culture changed because of the point guard in Jalen Brunson and who he is as a man and his character. So that's what I believe, and that's what I'm going to stand on. With that said, I'm out of here. I appreciate you guys. Um, let's go, Knicks. Let's go get a win tomorrow. Um, peace and blessings, and y'all be safe for the rest of y'all day.